Welcome to the show. You are part of the Suicide Prevention Show. We are making suicide, especially teen suicide, a thing of the past. And I'm very excited that you are here with me. And here's why. We are going to travel around the world, another trip around the world. And this time, we are going to meet up with Barbara Burgess. And we are going to be talking about what a spirit-driven life is like. Talk about being in the driver's seat. So now all we need is for a little tech magic to happen and for Barbara to be able to unmute and come on camera. So while they are doing, there she is. Hi there. Ah! So happy to see you. I'm so happy to be on the show and thank you very much for inviting me. It's been wonderful so far. Oh, well, there you go. I'm delighted that, you know, it's such a wonderful connecting place for me when I get to meet people like you and I get to say, oh, come and play, you know, <laughs> we're having a lot of fun over here. Come on over. You know, and it's, people react very strangely sometimes when I say, yeah, I'm the co-founder of the Teen Suicide Prevention Society and come over and play. We're having a lot of fun. And they're like, yeah. So, and you were like, yeah, that sounds like fun. <laughs> I have a slightly different view on life, I think. <laughs> so that's probably why. <laughs> and that's exactly what we're going to be talking about, Barbara. We're going to be talking about your unique perspective on life. So the, um, the lovely thing about being able to start this interview with you is being able to just say, hey, everybody, you see those books behind Barbara? They're real. Yeah. And they're just some of them. <laughs> it's, yeah, it's not the virtual library. It is the real tangible experience of your life. Yes, yeah. Um, yes, I'm a bit of a book addict. That's Somebody you know, once asked how many of them I've read, and I've got about three of them poking out, which are ones to read, and all the rest have been read <laughs> at least once. <laughs> at least once. I love it. So, Barbara, take us on a journey into your world because we're coming into a time where we don't always take the time to get to know each other. So who are you and what are you up to? Okay, so um, I'm, I'm a coach and a hypnotherapist and a past life regression therapist, amongst other many things. Somebody once said that I, my hobby is collecting letters after my name. <laughs> <laughs> Love that. So yeah, I'm working on a few others at the moment. But yeah, I I'm really interested in taking businesses into the spiritual realms, as it were. Um, I think there's a, a need for at the moment for more businesses to have a basis in spirituality, and I don't mean the normal holistic businesses that we see, but but actually, you know, your average business, your accountant, and your bank whatever um, there is a methodology and I'm a great reader of research papers and so when I started thinking about this uh, and it came out of somebody's question to me at a, a training course I was facilitating um, it, he said well I've got these Christian beliefs and I don't have a language to bring them into my business and I thought well we're all being told to be authentic everywhere and that means that people like that are leaving a large piece of themselves at home. So I thought, I wonder what the science has to say. 
when I dug, I went down a very, very deep rabbit hole because I realized there was an awful lot of research behind it. Um, and it has been shown to be very successful. Okay, so, so now my brain just went, what? People were doing research on the um, impact that it has to bring your whole self, including your spirituality, religious practice, whatever it is that helps you be you into yeah. your workplace. People were actually researching that and writing papers. Absolutely. Absolutely. Oh, Toledo. Okay. So my, my, my first brain was how do I get that gig? Because I love to read too. <laughs> my second thought was, wow. So what did they find out? They found out that apart from um, employee engagement, the improvements in employee engagement, it actually increased profits in all the businesses that did it. Okay, so walk us through the journey that uh, what what the business looked like, what they did to bring it in, and then what it looked like afterwards. Because I'm going, I hear you, but I want to know that I want to know what was the challenge that was showing up. What was the symptom of not having it in their business? The main symptom was that the employees, the, the turnover of employees was great. People weren't happy in their work. They didn't feel they had any meaning, any real deep purpose. And as such, they weren't actually giving their 100% of themselves in the work that they were doing. So therefore, the sales went down, marketing went down, everything went down. And when they started to bring in um, a vision that was based on people's needs and people's wants and it's something that you keep saying it's like what what is business it's there to serve it's there to make a difference and most of these businesses were run or as most businesses are a business is there to make a profit mm. well actually if it's there to make a difference what's the difference it's making and when it's aligned with all the employees they put 110% into what they do. Oh, so, absolutely. Okay, yeah. so I'm, I'm starting to get this. So what would be the process of bringing spirituality into a business? Well, you start with a, a, a vision. What, what is it you're trying to achieve? But it's, it's we, we all had this, it's seen these sort of vision statements, mission statements. It was very fashionable, but they were all very shallow. You know, oh, we yeah. want to be the best at some of the vision uh, mission statements I have seen are so generic, I can't tell what the company does. Yeah, yeah. And when you start to look at them from a, a spiritual point of view, it's not we just want to be the best at, but we, we want to do it for a purpose. We have a meaning behind our business. And it can be anything from um, just the service. You know, we're providing a service to make people's lives better. They can be there to um, put put work into helping other helping charities and things like that. But it's not just tapped onto the end of the business like many businesses. You know, there's a page there that says, "Yeah, we support this charity," mm -hmm. and they just throw a bit of money at it and forget about it, really. But when it's actually aligned with the the mission of the business, mm. it becomes much deeper. And it's something, you know, because you do it yourself when you're doing your, this is what you're doing. This is, this is what you're achieving. And therefore, everything you do, you put much more energy into it. 
you you put your soul into it and that's how it works that's true it's the difference between doing something on purpose meaning it's on my purpose um and it wasn't possible though i mean over a year ago just over a year ago now 13 months ago i didn't know that i had a purpose my purpose tapped me on my shoulder august of last year and prior to that business was business yes it was about making a difference and helping my clients have the breakthroughs the transformations the changes in their lives and in their businesses that were on their mind in their bodies you know i'm like you i've collected a lot of initials on certifications and things so i've helped people with a lot of different areas but it didn't have a it didn't have a a purpose beyond the individual transformation and yeah. so a vision has to be more than that for me now now i'm starting to understand it do you have any examples of great vision statements that you've come across through this uh journey um, I, I can't say that i've got any on hand no um okay well we'll, we'll let that come up um and, and it'll bubble up. I have absolute faith that whatever we're supposed yeah. to talk about. Uh, and it's something that I say myself, I was talking to someone the other day and she said, oh, you better write that down. It's like, what do I have to be to be a success rather than what, who do I have to beat? Oh, there we go. Okay. So, so the, the business model of who do I have to beat as opposed to now the newer one with spirituality is about who do I need to become? Who do I need to yeah. be? yeah okay that's a really important piece because when you're bringing this idea of purpose this idea of spirit into the business it shifts you do have to become or at least my journey i had to go into a becoming state and i think the fact that mine started right before the current pandemic has made it easier for me because I was already um, by choice in the cocoon and allowing the constructs of my business and my life to start to fall away so that I had space to do the mission. And you know, my, my vision is really clear now, which I didn't even have a vision statement before. And now my vision statement is what's on every slide about the summit is to make suicide, especially teen suicide, a thing of the past. Yeah. And my mission, how I'm going to do that, is one conversation at a time, 100,000 suicide prevention conversations in the next year. That's how we're going to accomplish the vision. And so what you're saying is that when someone's bringing spirituality into their business, it creates the ability for them to create a, a vision statement and then their business is the mission yeah and that's and, your sole purpose coming out so how would someone get started if they you know if they've been doing business and then they had their personal life and then they had their spiritual life and then they had their, you know, their physical life you know so they have all of these disparate pieces what would, where would they start to pull this all together and this is where I've been struggling for years because I'm, I myself, I've been working as a business coach, but I've got a, a, my, my catch line as it were is science with soul. I love science. 
but it's got to have that soul and it's got to have that purpose. And I think I'd been struggling for a long time because I couldn't, I didn't know how to, to get businesses to understand this. And it wasn't until the lovely lockdown, which I, I've thoroughly enjoyed because I've been able to dig down into all, all this stuff that I realized that there is a, a methodology and, and it is starting to pull in the leader's purpose in life. And when I talk, when I coach business leaders, we start off quite often with the basics of the business. But as I get to know them, they start talking about what's important to them. And that's when we go, I've got it. This is where you're going. And I'm, I've been working with someone quite recently who had a, a, a good business um, providing furniture for, for restaurants and things like that. But she was interested in doing something else. And she's built over the last 18 months, two years. Suddenly this, this business is now doing, um, everything is, is ecologically friendly. She's building, building um, holiday homes and things which are all totally ecologically friendly. But the point is, on the back of that, she wants to build the same sort of easy, quick build places for poor and homeless people because she's saying well you know the some of the profits going into that because we can build these really quickly but they are sturdy they will last a lifetime they're not like your mobile home type of thing they're real solid homes but they are pre-built and suddenly this has turned her business around and she's got a purpose to it and the purpose is aligned entirely what, with what she believes and from her own experience in life. Mm -hmm. That's lovely. All right. So she didn't have to stop doing what she was doing. No. The, it was simply about allowing. This is what it sounds like to me because it sounds like she just had to go into allowing it to come into service of what was truly important to her. Yes. And I think that that's really key for people to be able to relax and just allow a process to occur with this is that it doesn't mean you're going to have to give up everything. No. And it doesn't mean to say you have to suddenly give away all your money to some other cause. You can still make your profits and, and, and you will make more profit because you are doing something that is aligned with your purpose. And life just gets, the flow gets so much easier. You know, when you're doing something that you love to do, which has got purpose and it belongs to your soul, that purpose, everything becomes easy. So you said you've done a lot of research papers. Tell us more about who's doing this kind of research and why. Um, it's mostly psychologists. It's also um, management theorists. Why they're doing it, it's hard to say where they where they started out. But I, I'm doing a degree in psychology, and the reason I, one of the reasons I'm doing it is because I can get access to these science papers that you can't normally get access to. <laughs> That's part of my main reason. Um, and just delving down, you know, when you start to look at there's there's spiritual leadership, there's spiritual workplace. 
all this all this different scientific research from psychology social psychology sociology and management okay so there's a lot of different people looking at this yeah. when a business goes through this process of bringing a purposeful vision into the conversation not as a tagline but in the forefront yeah what typically what typical changes what changes do they notice well the first thing they notice is people who are looking for work come to them because their their own passions are aligned with the business and they're actually getting the best people because those people are look um, and especially we notice a lot in in the younger people under 30s they've got a spiritual belief and they want that to be important in the in their life which is quite an interesting thing they're actually putting it on their cvs this day these days you know i have a spiritual belief which informs my skills in customer service or this or that really yeah Okay, so having come from a human resources background, that being one of my deep dives into certifications, yeah. what you're saying flies in the face of what we were seeing a decade or two decades ago, where all personal data was stripped out and we went into the privacy is everything kind of yeah. mentality. And so you're saying that's shifted, which is I've been out of that field for a while. so. So I've, I've seen it shifting quite a lot in the in the few years, in the last few years, yes, and, and it is the younger generation. Okay. Who are saying, you know, I don't, but it's the same people who are um, into the ecology, into saving the planet, into all the Black Lives Matter, all those sort of people. They're saying these things are important, and I want them to be part of my work life. And I don't want to work for a company who doesn't care about those things too. So there we go. So now we're not just looking for a skill match. You know, do, do I have the skill to match with the problem that your business solves? We're actually looking at purpose match. Yeah. And people are digging into the companies they're applying to before they apply and say, that is a company I want to work for. Well, now that's a really interesting thing. Mm. Um, that's really is creating a profession on purpose. Yes. And so I love that. So what else are they seeing and that from the company perspective, when they shift into this vision forward, um, culture, there we go. When they shift into a vision forward culture, what are the, what's the other impacts that they're seeing? The other thing is, is what we're seeing is a flatter structure in the company. So you don't need you can put project teams together who will work independently and don't need this management standing over them all the time because they're all working in the same direction. They want this to achieve, to achieve the result for the purpose of the company. So putting, and you see it a lot now, is, is, is these project teams that are spread around the place, but they're working independently of, of anybody supervising them they take responsibility for themselves well i can make i can see where that would make sense because that would be if someone is taking responsibility for their professional life and going doing their profession on purpose 
it seems like they would be a relatively good self-managed person, good at self-management. Um, wow, okay, I'm trying to envision what would be possible if there was a team that was made up of people who were on purpose professionally, and so you didn't have to worry about employee engagement. You know, no, it's, that's, that's really important. Oh, it's huge. I mean, from a, from a human resources point of view, it's huge. But from a consumer's point of view, um, it's a real interesting place for me uh, because why wouldn't I want to know that the people involved in delivering whatever it is that I'm purchasing from the company are actually engaged, actually care? Yeah, and you will, you will feel that result from them. You know, the, the customer service team will be working in a different way you you get that sense from them and but also you'll work with that company you'll go to a company that has the same purpose as you or, yeah, or has purposes that are aligned with your beliefs so this is something that the internal culture used to be a very private thing in a company and um, mm -hmm. so this is now taking it and making it a little more public which is a really lovely thing um, all right, so when some when a company, and, and this is for anybody who's building a business, when you put your vision out in front and you start attracting the people who are really engaged in what you're doing, because they are in alignment with it. Alignment is becoming a really big word. Um, and yeah, it was a not such a big word in my world because it applied only to cars a few years ago for me. <laughs> <laughs> So now that we're, we've got this alignment concept of culture, um, what else? Let's see. People come, flatter structure, you need less management, you certainly would have fewer management challenges because there would be a sense of purpose. I mean, they wouldn't all go away because we're human. We're still round objects hitting round objects, but yeah. I can see where there would be a decrease. So what else did they find? The management style becomes more agile. Things change can change much more quickly, and you need it in this day and age. Things are changing quickly, but people will change quickly because they can see the benefits to what they're trying to achieve. So you get this agile management as well. So all these things change um, just simply because you're on purpose. It's like it's just the it's just watching magic. And you can see it in all the research. It's like, well, you know, if everybody's working towards the same purpose, um, the customers are coming because that's aligned to them. Mm -hmm. You don't need to, to stand over people. They'll come up with inspirational ideas because it's all on their purpose. They're trying to achieve something. So they're prepared. That's a, another part of it is, is they're prepared to develop themselves, but also develop the company. They want the company to succeed rather than, you know, I've got to get, a jo I've got a job that pays me and I'll go home and, and, and watch television for the rest of the day and forget about it. The, these people are coming in because they love the company. They love what they're trying to achieve. They feel valued themselves as people and employees. So it, it's all around solves just about every problem that any, any company ever has, really. Yeah. Um, it really does feel like that would solve a lot of the challenges that a company has but all right so anything else on that topic because i got another direction that i've got a question about now um i think that we've covered 
some of the most important points on that. And let's see, it solves like 90% of what businesses complain about as far yeah. as their human capital, which is the only resource that truly makes, a, I mean, it's not the only resource that makes a difference, but it is the one that makes the biggest impact the fastest. Yeah, um, yeah absolutely. Because when you have that sense of purpose, you won't tolerate less quality in the parts and pieces of what you deliver. So yep. it changes quality control. Absolutely. And I, I've seen it in a, in a local company here um, where, where the, all, the, all the employees have the opportunity to come up with new ideas and changes in ideas. And you'll see around the place there's sign, signs and areas where they can give their ideas, but also it'll show whose ideas were taken up and what changes that made. Yeah, so totally inclusive culture. Yeah. That's a, that's a huge shift for a lot of companies. The, the traditional hierarchical nature would be just like vanished in that kind of an environment. So that's really cool. Now I'm going to ask the hard question. All right, I'm a business owner. I've been a business owner. I've been in business a long time. I don't have a personal spiritual path. What do you do with someone like that? How do you help them come into this awareness? I, I think, I mean, when I'm coaching with business owners um, to achieve things, it, it, the conversation always comes around to this sort of stuff. At some point in time, they always come out with something that, that's important to them apart from their business. Mm. Um, and for me, that's the most important part of my coaching is to find out what makes that person tick. You know, very few people are, are in business just to have 15 cars and four yachts, really. Even though it might have seemed like a good idea at the time and they might have started out that way. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. Once, right. you've got, once you've got so many cars, you know, you can only drive so many. You can only go on one yacht. You can only live in one house at a time. So, you know, it, it, it loses its soul after a while, doesn't it? It's like there's only so much you can do before you're going, yeah, and I'm bored now. <laughs> you know, stuff can be boring. There is no yeah. doubt. And, and, and then, you know, you have to have somebody. To, and the good news is you could employ a lot of people simply maintaining your stuff and that keeps the economy going. But wouldn't it be better served to invest your money in bringing about the changes you want to see in the world? Yeah. And I'm not sure how many people have paused and asked, what is the change I want to see in the world? And what is the change that I am about? Because those are sometimes two different things. Uh, yeah. But, but you see it with all these people, the, the billionaires, the multimillionaires, the, the Richard Bransons, and the, they, they, they get to a certain point and then they want to do something. Mm -hmm. and, and yet they could have been doing that all along and still get to the point they're getting to. You know, that it's a belief system that I am encouraging to take hold, that you don't have to wait. You know, um, I, I call it, you don't have to postpone your philanthropy in order to be prosperous. Um, yeah. It is very much, you know, the other way around. And it doesn't matter what spiritual teachings, all of the texts going back 
you know, for generations and eons even. I'll, I'll point to the exact same thing that prosperity is an emotional state that you are participating in the moment that you have the belief that you have more than enough. Yes, and you can also start out believing that you have more than enough when you haven't got the multi-millions. Um, when you look back, I mean, yeah, it's, it's the, the philanthropy of the Victorian era was, was an early industrial. Um, we've got Cabaret's village and Bourneville village in this country where they were religious families Mm. And they built their industry on the fact that they wanted to care for their workers, but also bring them into that religious belief. So they they built beautiful little villages for their workers to live in. Ah, okay. So it was part part and parcel of how you you get you went to work in the factory, but by work working in their factories, you got a, a quality of life. That was based on a a spiritual belief in their case at that period of time it was a religious belief whereas it today it doesn't have to be religious because we are much freer to be just spiritual yeah and and that's an important um or maybe it's not an important distinction anymore but it actually i think it is because i think it is between religion and spirituality is that there are religions who have an injunction to enroll other people in the religion and spirituality i'm not sure i've ever heard of a spiritual practice that was about enrolling other people into a belief system yeah no. Um, no, there's a there's a definite difference between i mean you can be religious without being spiritual but you and you can be spiritual without being religious but you come across many people who are who follow the tenets of their religion, but they're not particularly spiritual as beings. Got it. Okay. So yeah, so there's a, there's a definite difference there. And so we'll stick with spirituality, regardless of your religion. It is about um, having a vision that's based on what's important to you. I hesitate to use the word values because I've had so many value um, scales you know these these different um assessments and they all felt flat to me and i thought well there's just something wrong with me that you know i don't seem to have a a value driven life um and now it is becoming a little clearer thank you this conversation is helping the difference between spirituality and values let's play there for a minute okay so yeah uh, i suppose your your values can come out of your spirituality but you can also have values that have got nothing to do with spirituality and people with very strong values that are not spiritual in any way shape or form so i don't think they're necessarily the same thing or have to be in the same area um spirituality is more about purpose isn't it it's about that deep purpose yeah, I think it is. And I think maybe values inform how you go about your purpose, but they don't define the purpose itself. Yeah. And so if purpose comes out of spirituality, then I think that it's going to be fair for me to say that my purpose came out of my pain. 
And yeah. so if my purpose came out of my pain, then I have to accept that spirituality is not about, you know, the um, always being happy. Well, yeah, I mean, this is one thing that I've come, where I've come to the spirituality, um, doing past life regressions mm. and life between life regressions and things like that. Um, just to understand that a lot of the pain that we suffer in on this plane mm -hmm. is about the learning that we get from it. Okay. And we and we've and we've planned these things. It's, this is this is what got me more than anything. Is you know we think something that you keep saying without our permission. And actually, we we came here to do this. We planned this. So you know when people say, "Oh, I didn't sign up for this," I just turn around and say, "Well, actually, I think you did." <laughs> okay. So we got to get the definition of which I are we talking about here? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Because on a spiritual level, they, the, the argument is that we chose all of this. We chose to come into a place of contrast with these particular challenges, with these particular other people, beings. Um, yeah, and so there's that belief system. And then there is the human experience, which is that, hey, if I had had a choice, I don't think I would have chosen this. Yeah. Yeah. And, and so recognizing that we're talking two very different perspectives. But those, those perspectives can meld quite easily because I, whenever anything bad happens to me, yes, I experience it. And I think that's what we're here to do. We experience it. We experience the sadness, the anger, the grief, all those things. But then we can step back and say, yes, but what did I learn from that? Mm. What, what can I do with that learning? What can I now achieve in the world? So what changes can I make? So it's about assigning purpose to the fact that this has a purpose in my life. Yeah. Okay. And so okay. that brings us back to the, the beginning of the conversation very neatly because the concept of a business bringing spirituality in is so that they know what their purpose is. Have you, um, there was a, book out and a YouTube video, um, Simon Sinek on the power of why. And he identified that like Apple computers, you know, their purpose was to disrupt technology and to change the experience of it. Oh, and by the way, we make computers. Yeah, um, that's similar to my experience now with the business that I'm in. And it's the same type of thing that I was doing before, but it's spun around and purpose comes first. Yeah. Yes. So the, the purpose is, so we're going to have a hand on this. Barbara, what's your purpose now for your business? What, what would your purpose statement sound like? My purpose is, is, to to bring together the logic and the spirit science with soul to to realize that one we don't have to have one without the other science can be a religion in, in itself ah i've heard that before um and and if you start to realize that actually you can you can have the science 
and you can have the spirituality and actually they work together very well and the more i learn about science and the more i learn about spirituality the more they are they become the same thing and i start to question why why did we ever think they were anything different it, it's <laughs> we would go we can go down all these these areas of um photons and waves and quantum theory and holograms and all those sort of things and they all come they're just to me they just sound to to be a different vocabulary for the same thing as a lot of the spiritual people are talking about oh well now there's a dictionary i mean it's like wow all right so well, well we, as spiritual beings we say we you know we're we're beings of light well we are we're, we're, we're all made out of photons which are, are particles of light slightly not yeah, particles yeah. but yeah um to simplify particles of light so that's what we're made of um some i saw a uh, research paper a, a few 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 months ago where some mathematicians seem to be proving that everything is conscious well we've been saying that for a long time but as, as spiritual beings but they're showing it mathematically that things have to be conscious that's really interesting um because we can i've been in this deep dive deep dive into the semantics of what is conscious and the difference between conscious and self-aware and you know um it, it's really quite a journey that can be a real rabbit hole and the value that you bring to the party and why I'm just so delighted that you were able to make time for this conversation is that it is your mission. It's your purpose to find the way to marry the science and the soul. And you do that in service of your business coaching clients, which is such a unique perspective. And it is so very grounded in <laughs> I hate to use the cliche, but in the bigger picture, you know, in the why does this matter? And the answer is it all matters. This is just a way of helping it not only matter, but make sense. Yeah. And it comes back to what Kathleen was saying earlier. We are, we're all part of that same source energy. Mm -hmm. Experiencing this, 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 this world, experiencing being human and by experiencing being human, we're, we're discovering we're part of the consciousness of that and to be conscious you have to have something to be conscious of so as as, as, as that source consciousness it couldn't be conscious if it didn't create and no more could we we create by well, being well, conscious yeah. we create and what's really interesting is because this is such a nebulous concept i mean it's a concept and and my students who are on are probably just laughing because I work with them really, really, really intently to take things from concept into what I call a cup, something that's concrete, universal, and picturable for the purposes of communication. So we're going to take what we've been talking about and go from concept to cup. The concept of science, soul, spirituality informing your business so that your vision is in the forefront and what's so good about that what makes this something that i would say is coupable that the concreteness of it is you can measure employee turnover 
You can measure profitability. You can absolutely determine using good scientific method the impact that it has. And you don't even have to change what you do. Yeah. All you're doing is changing your awareness about why you do it. Yes. I like that. That's Amazing, that. isn't it? <laughs> it absolutely, absolutely is. All right. So um, we know that we have a link that we're putting into the show notes and into the chat. Uh, because it is an amazing gift uh, that you have given. And so everybody listening, even to the recording, this is a 30-minute self-hypnosis recording. And it is specifically around self-esteem, which I think is a key component in being able to connect with your purpose, being able to give yourself permission to have a vision. If you have a higher level of esteem for yourself, it's easier to give yourself permission to develop both of those things. So that's a wonderful gift, Barbara. Thank you so much for that. My pleasure. I'm hoping that a lot of people will be helped by it. Um, it's, it's not only full of hypnosis, but also my, my bits of um, technology that I love to put in these things because I, I play around with the sound system and things and I use binaural beats and all sorts of subliminal messaging. Uh, so <laughs> I have I sons who are, who, are, who are really good at sound stuff and they've taught me how to do all this stuff and it's great fun. <laughs> but it, it is all, again, based in science. There we go. Okay, so um, binaural beats. You're, this is the um, different sounds in different ears? That's right, yeah. The cool. idea is hypnosis is a level of... of consciousness which where when the brain is vibrating at a five to seven hertz which is just above sleep level mm -hmm. and what the binaural beats do they'll put a sound in one ear and a, another sound in the other ear and the difference between the two is that five to seven hertz and your brain will then mimic that oh okay. so that it actually takes you straight straight into that five to seven hertz which makes the whole experience of being in hypnosis much easier for everybody cool the power of being on purpose is not to be underestimated it a game changer in my world and so i want to encourage everyone to take advantage of this and to allow for this very gentle practice you don't have to work hard at this you, you get an ear set, ear, earphones, you know, get, get a headset. There we go. Yeah. You get, get a headset that has the separate left and right. And that's all that you need as far as technology goes. Did I get it? That's right. That's it. Exactly it. And then you can just chill out for half an hour and you'll feel so much better from it. <laughs> chilling out for half an hour. All right. So we're definitely not chilling out for a half an hour today. We will be, um, exploring this concept a little bit deeper. So, Barbara, what would, what would you say to someone who was thinking about adding this spirituality vision piece into their business coaching? Because I have a lot of business coaches and consultants in my sphere. If they were going to look to add this element into their practice for their clients, because it is so powerful, 
as far as getting results. What would you recommend to them? Where would they start? They need to start by finding out the purpose of their clients. Um, and that's the thing is at the end of the day, that that's the fun part is, is to actually dig deep into the client's mind and find out what really makes them tick. Um, and, and it's a, it's almost like once you, once you find that with your client, it explodes their own development. They suddenly just aware of what they can achieve. That's, that's so much more different. And I've done it with all sorts of people. I had a, a lady come to me who, she, she was start doing a startup business. She wanted to be a hairdresser. And I, so you, you, we talk about the USP and that's all well and good, but it was like when we, when we talked a little while, what she really loved to do was to help transsexual women find their female voice, their image. And once she put that into her business model, suddenly her business went fly shooting sky high because it was important to her. That's an interesting, um, when you talk about, I mean, in, in business, when you talk about the, the USP, the unique selling proposition, you know, we also talk about it in terms of niching down and that the clearer you are about your niche, the easier it is for your niche to find you. Yeah. The, yeah. What you're talking well, about we is tend to talk, we tend to look at demographics when we're looking at niching. Mm -hmm. um, but if you start to look at psychographics instead, mm -hmm. you get you, your, your, your niche is a different thing completely. I mean, mine is, okay, it's business owners, but I don't niche into, I work with accountants or I work with this. It's more about finding people that have got something else going on with them. So my niche is, 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 and, and who are attracted to me are attracted to the fact that I'm going to talk about other things besides their business. You know, who are they? What are they? Um, what do they believe? Yeah. And, yeah. and you know, the, the conversation when you're talking to a hard-nosed business person and, and sort of suddenly say, okay, have you got any spiritual beliefs? And it's like, oh, where's this come from? I'm, I'm thinking it's like you the bring your kid to work day, except in this case, the kid is bring those parts of yourself that you don't think belong in your business because they all yeah. belong. Yeah, well, you can't be authentic if you're going to leave that very important part of you at home, can you? You know, um, there's a lot of people who believe that they can. And I know that for me, it was a very pricey, pricey uh, belief system. I paid dearly over the years for the belief that my label, my history as the mother of a teen suicide attempt survivor was a piece of me that didn't have a place in my business. Mm -hmm. And that lack of authenticity, I didn't even recognize as occurring but we can tell when somebody is is not showing up completely. I didn't know. I thought I was. I had no idea that it was an impact until this last year of actually embracing it all. And the difference in how people experience me is significant. So I said um, yourself, it becomes fun. Yeah. Oh, well, now it becomes fun. Yeah. Now it becomes fun. And this is the most fun I could have. And... <sighs> Thank you 
for coming out to play in my playground. I know that, that with the time change, it's not the earliest part of the day for you. So thank you very, very much, Barbara. I've really enjoyed the pleasure. And I've really enjoyed the, the, the whole summit. It's been so good, so, so much fun. Lots of really interesting people to see. And it, um, I've learned some interesting things as well. <laughs> There we go. All right. You know, it's a successful show when my guests hang around because they want to hear the other guests. So on that note, thank you again, everyone. We'll be back. Stick around. The ride gets more interesting from here. Lovely. Thank you for having me.